It's the new voices of science fiction. Let's start the show with Clive and Jules. Here we go with cyberpunk and steampunk, robots and more. It's the graphic novels, books and movies that you're looking for. It's the new voices of science fiction. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. I'm Clive and this is my brother Jules. Hey, hello Jules. Hello. And this is the show in which a couple of uh, middle-aged slackers slash media hobos slash reprobates slash vaguely sci-fi geek slash... I thought you were going to say vagrant there. <laughs> slash... Vagrants. Slash vagrants. <laughs> Carry on. Um, discuss. Well, no, we basically play, try and play um, cultural top trumps with each other in the world of science fiction. Look, I'm doing air quotes, air quotes, science fiction, because they, it will be science fiction, but there'll be. Ish. Sometimes we skirt along the event horizon of science fiction into other stuff. We just talk about stuff we like. And a lot of it is comic books and films and TV. A lot of it is, and, yeah, uh, a lot of it is kind of sci-fi. Yeah. There's other things we don't that we don't like, but we just talk about them anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then we will. It's, it's our podcast, and we can. Yeah, we can. We so. can talk even what doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter what it's called. It's our show. We can do what we like. Yeah. Yeah. Woohoo! Kitty pictures. Oh no, no. Okay, I'm not going to do that because I was going to talk about your t-shirt because your t-shirt's phenomenal. Yeah, how's that? That's not going to work on a podcast. It's not. Well, you could describe it, couldn't you? And actually, we can put a photo on the Acast thing. If you're listening on Acast, we can put rich text and photos and links, which we do do throughout the show. And anyway, we can put a picture of it on uh, Facebook anywhere where we put all the other links for people who aren't listening by Acast who are doing it by the iTunes route. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm sure people really want to see a picture. Well, it's, it's a great picture. No, no, it is. It's, I think it's the it's, best I've got, I've got a massive picture of a cat wearing a beanie hat and glasses and a hip-hop gold chain. Um, yeah, and I love it. It's great. I got them in the start. I went out to the States last year, and it was from a shop that I can't remember, like an American chain store. And I've got a couple of them, and they're really good, and I can't find them online anywhere now. But Yeah, there you go. They're cool. Yeah, that was a good start, wasn't it? Something nice and radio orientated, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So uh, this week, um, this week, what I wanted to really talk about, and we talked about talking about, we've mentioned it a couple of times in previous shows. Uh, I wanted to talk about what Amazon Prime and Netflix are doing at the moment, because like this is new voices of science fiction, and from my point of view, both. Amazon Prime and Netflix are now commissioning shows, which means they're new players. They are new voices in science fiction because they are, I think, they are commissioning stuff which wouldn't have been commissioned in like 10, 15 years ago when everything had to go on to mainstream television. Uh, And I think that that's altering the kind of science fiction that we're getting. And I think for the better... um, in particular, I'm thinking about uh, I'm thinking about well, on one level, I'm thinking about comic book adaptations, which is something that we talk about sort of like quite a lot. So, should we well, have, really, have a really little go at that now. then? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's big at the moment. I mean, I can't remember. I mean, 
all the way through my life, um, in film and TV, there's been adaptations of things that I've loved uh, as graphic novels and comics. Um, and and they've always been done very poorly. No, I agree. I feel, you know, it, it, it's with each generation of like people that have a go at it, it gets a little bit better. And I think some people are kind of starting to crack the code a little bit now. If you hear noises in the background, this my dog's in the studio I was just wondering, because you know, I could hear those noises, and I was looking around to see whether one of my cats had got into the... <laughs> no, it's Maddie, it's Maddie, my dog. Hello, Maddie! Be, being, uh, being stroppy, because she's got to sleep on this really comfy rug, and she's scratching it up. But she's settled now. Anyway, so... Um, yeah, well, that's that's a good place to start. Actually, let's talk about how bad um, adaptations of comic books have been him, him, historically. Um, and I mean, I think we probably both agree on this that actually it has it, they have been dire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm st I'm we've mentioned this in previous podcasts, but for me, the X Men. Yes, like continues <clears throat> to be uh, an open wound. In my yeah, I still struggle with, even with this generation, the new new X Men stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still not right. It's still not right, and I think <laughs> you know um, a lot of this kind of goes back to again a different podcast where we were talking about when Alan Moore was saying that like the thing about comic books is always that they're comic books. Things can happen in a comic book, which are amazing in a comic book and work in a comic book format. That doesn't mean to say just because they look like storyboards for a film that they'll be improved by making them into a film. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think yeah. one of the mistakes that, that Hollywood um, has made over and over and over again is they've thought, well, because we've now technically can make these into films, well, A, we should do that, and B, that comic books are for kids, therefore we will take a kiddie kind of attitude to it. <laughs> The art, the kind of the twelve or the R-rated um, film classification makes graphic novels into films. Just they don't work mm. because they kind of suck everything down to this this childish level, so that they they can get as many people into the cinema as possible. And I think you can trace this back to as even as far as things like you know the Michael Keaton Bat Batman. Mm, that whole kind yeah. of like they made those kind of like they made three or four Batman films and they were just yep. dreadful and they they, yeah, they yeah. didn't really represent what Batman had become in the graphic novels. Um, I don't think, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, sort of like there. But the funny thing is, is what you get on later on is you get like the um, the Spider Man, and you get that mm -hmm. and you go actually oh, that's a really good adaptation. You know the yeah because but that that, that works because like. Superman and Spider-Man comics are kind of kind of a young level. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah. not a great. I mean, the people. This is this is going to cause yeah, yeah. Fire, yeah, an yeah, absolute yeah. firestorm. Yeah, yeah. I was but just thinking that. I just say it anyway. I don't see them as particularly dark stories. No, you know, compared compared to the kind of, of graphic novels that I like to read, I don't find some of the American um, style superheroes. Um, stories like Spider-Man, very very gritty and and dark. Yeah, well, I mean, there are, anyway. I suppose the darkness is. I mean, like you in the you know you've got like the the kind of Green Goblin story where you know he 
kills his friend, best friend's dad, and then he's, you know, he's. I mean, if you ha- if you haven't seen these movies by now, you shouldn't really be listening to these podcasts. So I'm I'm not going to apologise for spoilers on eight or nine year old films. Um, but then sort of like comes back and then you get this feud between but i mean it's still fairly lightweight in comparison with something like i don't know watchmen or something like that oh completely it's a completely different kind of level of sort Mm. of you know thing and i think what i think the mistake that hollywood's made over and over and over again is they've looked at the the biff smash flying superhero the superpower side of the films and going oh that's exciting that'll make exciting action when in fact yeah. the stuff that's always been good about comic books or that became good about comic books is because comic books had to go on and 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 on they really became about the characters yeah. And about how difficult they, they became more and more about how difficult, even with Spider-Man, about how difficult and piss awful it was to be Spider-Man, how difficult and piss awful it was to be Wolverine. How Most, most comic books come back to the, the personal struggle of having a superpower yeah. or an ability or being able to do something and how that impacts on the people in your life around you more than the actual... Power itself. Yeah. So eventually, what happens is like Amazon Prime and Netflix come on the scene, and they get into the the comic book adaptation business. Not, not it's not the only sci-fi they do, but it's like part of what they do. But because they're not going down the massive CGI like big fight sequence route, they yeah. lock into the thing that was always good about comic books, and they are making spectacularly good stuff. Right. Yeah, there's there's some great there's some great stuff. So let, I mean, let's go Jessica Jones to start off with. Yeah, amazing. I like, and that's just such an amazing adaptation. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the comic. I love the Alias um, series, and the whole the whole concept behind um, Jessica Jones. Just all this, I've said this before, but the superheroes I love are always the antiheroes. They're always they they generally wear like a Mac and they hide in the shadows and they're the darker characters and people that have turned their backs on being superheroes really, which is what Jessica Jones is really. She's an anti hero. I do think it's one of the best adaptations I've seen so far. It's like it's it's yeah. amazing. And it really works as a TV series and although the superpowers do come into play, they they come into play in like it's not kind of like it's not blown that's not the central part of the story the central part of the story is is like the struggle between her and the david tennant character yeah and a and a alcohol problem yeah yeah they haven't haven't taken there's a lot there's a lot of stuff they haven't taken away usually when they like we say because it's for our rate or it's for television yeah yeah they they pull parts out of the because that's one thing i always loved about comics when i was growing up was um i think my parents and most parents of my parents' generation um, thought that comic books were like, you know, kid stories. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they were. So they, yeah, they were, but they weren't. Yeah. And where we, where we can, because like, I mean, uh, to watch Clockwork Orange or any films like that, you had to find somebody that had a pirate video. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I, you know, um, film classification and stuff was really strict when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, to find dark stories is, like, I found most of them in comics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And, like, my parents were never aware of that, really. But, I mean, like, I, I think the thing that I really love about, I mean, the Jessica Jones thing more than anything else, I think the Kilgrave character is, like, one of the most interesting sort of, like, bad guys that there's been in, in comics. Yeah, he's good. Because, he's I mean, good. like, normally, I mean, no, the normal Hollywood thing is, like, your good guys are good and your bad guys are bad. And there, the, the, mm. there's never any distinction between these two things. There's a really interesting thing in um, Jessica Jones about how damaged Jessica Jones is and how morally grey area she is. Yeah. But the same's true of Kilgrave. Oh, but he is... He was pretty evil. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely... like He's de definitely an evil fuck monkey. I mean, he gets matey hooked on crack just so that he can control him to spy on Jessica Jones. Yeah, well, you know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's not something you do in an order Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, he's... he's, he's... <laughs> it's, you know, you're just easy on him because you're a little bit... You're a little bit Doctor Who happy on him. You're yeah. like, oh, it's Doctor Who. It's David Tennant. He can't do any evil. Yeah, I know. And actually, that <laughs> to be fair, that did actually alter the way in which I saw the programme. And I was, mm. uh, you know... Uh, and I'm not. We're not. Let's. We're not going to talk about how the series ends. But I'm not. And I'm definitely not going to spoil that for people who haven't seen it. It is an amazing series, and it's beautifully written. It's really dark, and it's like everything that I love from kind of comic books when comic books are done really well. And it adapts. It's like good television. It does. It it it, it, it had, crossed over well. And it's like I think one of the things that I've found with uh, comic book adaptations over the years is the characters that I've really cared about in comic books, the ones that I really collected, even when I was going through my like really hard before I went kind of all arty and wanky on stuff. But I mean, I used to collect X Men and Captain America used to be the two things that I mainly, and then I collect loads of little indie things around there, loads of 2000 AD, and then from Marvel, yeah, 2000 AD was it was like X Men well. and Captain America, and this is in the 80s and 90s where it was really about kind of a lot of the storylines were about Wolverine's attempt to kind of like become a sort of like samurai and not be a savage animal and you know there was, so there was all of that yeah. kind of stuff kind of going on which I thought was sort of interesting and um, but they are the ones that I found least interesting as, as adaptations when they've come to the screen where I've gone actually this doesn't work for me yeah, yeah. Whereas the comic books that I never really cared about, like, for instance, I never, I never gave a damn about Iron Man and I never gave a damn mm. about Daredevil, for instance, have been, mm -hmm. in terms of, at, of uh, either to movie or to TV show, have been the ones that have really hooked me in. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't, know, I mean, and I don't know why like that Daredevil, is. Daredevil is great. I mean, Iron Man, I think, as a standalone, is probably the most successful out of, the that kind of whole. Do we are we talking successful or best? Uh, but I, th I, th I think it's best down. To, yeah, I don't know. I really like the Iron Man film. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I, I always found that those films are quite dry. Yeah, yeah. Humor wise, um, but kind of his character kind of does. There's a lot more comic relief with Iron Man than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, Captain America in the movies and stuff, he's a whiny little bitch <laughs> in his films. And he's, he's like, all the way through it. And, and in the comics, he's not. No, he's and not. I don't know, and I don't know why they've done that. Uh, yeah. And it really annoys me. He's such a whiny little tosser. 
in the films. Yeah, yeah. So he's not a likable character. No, he's not a likable character at all. Um, and I think they're only, they're only just starting to build the Hulk's character now. Mm-hmm. And that's coming on. Mm-hmm. Where Iron Man was straight in, mm-hmm. winner. You know, the humour was there. It was funny. He's sarcastic. It's Robert Downey Jr. You know? It's Robert Downey Jr. being sarcastic. And we're both a pair of sarcastic twats, so we're going to like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but... You know, I've just, I've just seen Deadpool, probably the funniest thing I've ever seen, mm-hmm. which is like uber over-the-top... 100 million times sarcasm which is why it works and i was talking to my partner about this and the reason that that film works is that it's been given a 15 rating yeah, yeah. i think in in the uk um so they could do the dead proper dead pool material yeah yeah and it makes such a difference to the film yeah yeah because you know you know you know you're a grown-up laughing at grown-up jokes you know, and like you did in the comic. It's brilliant. And there has been animated kind of adaptations of Deadpool for kids, and he was just more of a jokey Yeah, like a Spider-Man character. character. Well, he used to taunt Spider-Man, didn't he? He'd turn up in kind of um, Spider-Man and like other things and, and hassle the, the bejesus out of him, which is another reason I liked him, because I've never been a big Spider-Man fan. Uh-huh. But, I mean, so, yeah... For me, I mean, if you're talking about like, it's for me, the ones that have come through have been really odd ones. So, I mean, so far, I mean, I haven't had a chance to see Deadpool yet. And again, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, how can he possibly not have seen Deadpool because it's been out for like two months? We do pre record these in kind of batches. So, you know, um, you're not getting this the same day that we're recording it. Um, but for me, Guardians of the Galaxy. Was like the, the the best of them. The, Brilliant, yeah, yeah. and for me, absolutely like, genius. Who, who who like who reads Guardians of the Galaxy ca- cartoons? This is again where we get a flood of people going. I love them. Yeah. I, I I've been following. I've been following them since the nineteen seventies. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Are you telling people to listen to both one of the... That's it. We've got one listener now. Because, like, you've now offended our second listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have offended the other listener. I'm sorry about that. I know that you've collected Guardians of the Galaxy comics since you were 17. (laughs) And that you always thought that they were the best. And that you're sitting there in a faded rocket, Rocket Raccoon. No. Don't start, don't start. Like, it's like, people like what they, they like. They do like what they like, and that's like fine. What you like. That's fine. Yes. But, you know, I, I thought that was a great film. But I think sometimes it's because, you know, I, I, I don't know, it did, I haven't got the comments to compare them with. But anyway, look, we are originally talking about, like, Amazon and Netflix, and I, I guess we're framing it because we're saying, okay... Hollywood hasn't always had a good uh, a good kind of relationship either with adaptations or with science fiction. When they get it really, no. really right, they get it really right. But when they get it wrong, they really suck balls. Yeah, yeah. and I think that that's kind of a, a and I think that what Amazon Prime and Netflix are doing at the moment, um, and this is kind of on the back of like HBO and AMC, who I think started this trend. Of, of, yes, of, I agree. Of, H- HBO especially. Of commissioning been... stuff that was like more adult orientated, that like was for a mature audience. Because again, because it didn't have to go out on mainstream TV, so therefore you could like you could like write stuff for 
grown-up people with grown-up themes. And I think as a result of that, we, we're seeing some... doesn't mean to say that they're getting absolutely everything right, and we will come on to that in a second. But I think for Netflix, I think Jessica Jones and Daredevil is about as good as it gets. Yeah. Really, really, like, amazingly... Like, Daredevil is amazing. Can't wait for series two of, uh, of Daredevil. But, I mean, it's, it's not just sci-fi that they, they've done it with. I mean, they... They they fund good television. Yeah. Well, but they do fund you know, a lot I mean, of sci-fi, um, though. Yeah, they do. But I mean, like, what was it? One of the first things they did Lily Hammer. Oh, I love Lily Hammer. You know, I mean, for anybody that hasn't seen Lily Hammer or doesn't know about it, it's um, it's kind of there was a guy. What's his name? The, well, he's a uh, the gangster. Well, obviously, well, he was actually um, uh, a, a guitarist. He's a guitarist, isn't he? He's, he says he's 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 he is the boss's guitarist. No, no, yeah, he is. He's like he, he yeah. genuinely. He's he's the boss's guitarist. Yeah, it's uh, Steve Van Zandt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Springsteen's um, guitarist and has been for years. But he, but he was, is known for he, doing things he, like Goodfellas and stuff like that, isn't he? It was no, Sopranos. Sopranos. That was it. He was in the Sopranos. Yeah. And you, you, uh, so he, he he was a wise guy in the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's got that whole like kind of Italian American gangster um, thing, gangster wise guy like kind of thing about him. Yeah. And and they they wrote this amazing story <laughs> <laughs> where this wise guy has to go into witness protection. Yeah. And they ask him where he wants to go, and he remembers watching the Lily Hammer Winter Olympics. Winter Olympics and go send me to Lilyhammer, and then so he, he gets moved there under witness protection, and then he carries on being a gangster, but with all Norwegians. these Norwegian guys. And and the great thing about it is part of it's in Norwegian yeah, yeah. with subtitles, which is amazing. And part and part of it's like in wise guy kind of Italian American, yeah. but it just works. I, I it's but it's Marmite Television. I've I've. Uh, said to recommend it to quite a few people, and they've absolutely hated. I love it. it. Not got it. Just not got the joke yeah, at yeah. all. I absolutely love it. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, though. Okay, although that's not science fiction, I think that flagged up um, what uh, Netflix was all about when they started commissioning. Yeah. Because what it said was, like, what we're going to do is we're going to make this thing that nobody in their right mind would commission. Right. Like a gangster spin-off film, right, in subtitled Norwegian set in Norway with Steve Van Zandt. Nobody's yeah. going to pitch that. And this was before, like, kind of, like, um, like Finnish jumper crime drama. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it was about it. Was, well, um, it was about the same time. But I mean, it was before like um, um, Nordic noir became like you know the go-to thing. <laughs> Is that it's what it's called? called? Nordic, Nordic noir. noir. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love all you that would stuff. Know that. And I love a bit. <laughs> I, I, love, I love a bit of Scandinavian <laughs> crime drama, me. But you know, this is a. Ooh. But going back to so, I, mean, I think it flagged up Netflix. What they were, I think it net, really flags up what Netflix. Where they were going, it was a real statement commission. They did that, and they also um, did a thing where they 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 were bringing back series yeah. of stuff that had been finished. So Arrested Development, yeah. they 
they uh, which have been in for about six or seven seasons or something yeah, yeah. and have been stopped they bought and put on netflix and then commissioned another season just for netflix yeah 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 which was brilliant. They, I mean, they've also done kind of like the Breaking Bad spin-off, spin-off uh, Better Call Saul, which is, um, which is Saul, amazing. Which is season two of that's just about to really, come really out. Really, really good. And yeah. I know none of this is science fiction, but if we'd like, just look at their science fiction for a second. Like, um, Jessica Jones, uh, they've, they've got four Marvel spin-offs all link, linked. They're going to do Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and I think, is it The Defenders? I don't yeah, know. I think so. Is it? They've got those, oh. like, slated, and they all interconnect. Mm-hmm. Daredevil, amazing. Okay, I've still only ever seen that in French, but it was still amazing in French. Really yeah, good. It's, really, I mean, really it is good. available in English. The, you know, I was watching it in French because I was going through a year of not being able to watch Hollywood stuff unless it was in French. No. <laughs> not having that conversation again. Right, so, yeah. Um, so there was that. That was amazing. Jessica Jones, amazing. Um They've mm. just, uh, I think they've just taken on Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror. So I think... That, Great. And we've oh, yes. talked about Black Mirror before, uh, which is a yeah. kind of like British sci-fi shorts. So you get these individual stories, but they're always really, really dark and very well observed. And Charlie Brooker's like amazing anyway. So they're commissioning new yeah, Black I think Mirror? Yeah, so. I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, All right, cool. I could... Uh, just let me check that. I'm going to have to Google that one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude, this is like our you, shows could you're end. Getting, you're getting Netflix into some shit they haven't even done. Yeah, well, if they haven't commissioned it, they should do. Yeah. Should. Uh, yeah, Netflix to air next 12 episodes of Black Mirror. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, they're, so they're commissioning new Black Mirror. Uh, yeah, no, no. It's like, I'm just, well. this is in The Guardian. I'm just going to have a look at this. Uh, fans of Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror can look forward to another 12 episodes of the acclaimed satirical drama. Notice they don't use the word sci fi. After Netflix, that links back to a conversation we had earlier in an earlier podcast. Yeah, it definitely. Produce, it's, it's looked at as English, gritty yeah, English produced drama, the next, not sci-fi. Uh, Confirmed it would produce the next extended run of the show, which previously aired on Channel 4. Um, Brooker described the US uh, video dem- on-demand service as the most fitting platform imagine- imaginable, as in they would pay him to do it. <laughs> say, they're, off- they're offering me, that just sounds like they're offering me more money than I can imaginely spend. Yeah, no, I think he's, well, he's going to get a chance to kind of make it the way that he wants to make it. And obviously, like, like, if you can hit an American audience, that's like a massive audience. So that's good all round. I think it's a great pair up. I think it's, it's yeah, genius. yeah. So I'm really excited about that. So uh, and the Amazon also um, have uh, commissioned a thing called Shadow Hunters, which I haven't watched, and a thing called Sense Eight, which is made by the Wachowski brothers who did The Matrix, which I've only watched bits of, and to be frank, hasn't really kind of like caught my imagination. But I mean, it's a kind of um, eight people are joined psychically and uh, can share each other's skills and thoughts and perceptions. I've watched about nearly two episodes, and it's just like it's just the build-up is too slow for me. So it's interesting talking about this, is because um, with these subscription kind of content mm. providers, it's like I I. I Subscribe to Netflix, yeah, yeah. and I subscribe to uh, another one, which is uh, Now TV. Which is you get a load of you get most of Sky yeah, stuff, yeah. which is why I subscribe to that. 
Um, and I do, I do but, Amazon but, Prime. But I don't, yeah, I'm going to say I don't subscribe to Amazon Prime. Yeah. So what it means is, like, I've seen all the stuff on Netflix and there's stuff that I've seen that you won't have seen, like, with, I keep mentioning, because I know it winds you up, is, is Stan Lee's Lucky oh, Man. Oh, I want to see that thing so much. Out, which is re- it's really yeah. good because Stanley didn't write the whole thing. It's from an idea from Stanley. It's not from an original comic. Um, so it's been done with all English actors. It's really, really, really good. So you you don't see it, but then there's a lot of stuff because you watch Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah. It's on you. What? you there's a lot of stuff that you see that I don't uh, get to Amazon see. Amazon Prime at the moment are doing amazing stuff. They really have. Okay, hmm. so now this, again, some of it is room-splitting stuff, right? So uh, they've done an ad- adaptation of Constantine, which is the DC Constantine, not the Vertigo, Hell uh, Razor. Hellblazer. Hellblazer. You know, I always get those, um, those, it's the dyslexia thing. I always get those two mixed up because uh, Hell, Ra- Hell oh, Razor man, is got, the I've one got, where you like. I've got a Hellraiser. Have you got, have you got a Hellraiser story? Uh, this uh, wouldn't have uh, anything to do with pins, would it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not really a Hellraiser story. It's just, yeah, because he's got pins in his head. Uh, I, I'm being treated at the moment for like, a, like all, good, all, good, all good middle aged roadies. I've got a really bad back. Really shonky back at the moment, um, and where I haven't dealt with it for like four years, I've, I've been compensating and and I've wasted a muscle in my back that I should really no, have. No, 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 I should, no, I should, no, I should really have. This is an honest show. Where have, have you wasted the muscle? <laughs> where have you wasted the muscle? Is it in your back? Is it? Yeah, it's in my lower. It's back. in your lower back. Is it? It's in my lower back. Yeah, it's side. an arse right. muscle, isn't it? You've so, wasted your arse muscle. Yeah, so my one of my right arse muscles, which helps support part of my back, is kind of like, it's slightly weaker than the one on the left because I haven't used it because I've been compensating myself by holding myself badly and stuff. So I, I have kind of like... I am not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, part of my physio this week was to have acupuncture, which I've never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, open-minded, went into it like it's all about like kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about like getting because because uh, I've been clenching my muscles around certain parts of my back. Yeah. Is is unlocking those muscles and getting them to relax? <laughs> yeah. So my poor oh god, my poor physio guy, who's brilliant, really understanding. He put about thirty needles into me, and then. I don't know. I think he must have hit a magic spot. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly a couple of muscles in my body got really relaxed. <laughs> and I kind of shot one across the bowels, what? really. He, well, he kind of put a needle in, tapped it, and, and it opened my trap door. And I just... I just <laughs> Man, I just love it. Oh, right, okay. Like, just, re- like, and I, I don't do quiet farts. No, no, I mean, our family I don't, is I don't famed do, for that. Well, all my farts kind of sound like I'm farting underwater for some reason. Okay. I can't really explain it. But it basically, so, like, really quiet room, and he just goes, is this all right? Is that, tap, tap, is that all right? And tap, and it's like, blah, 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 blah. And... <laughs> 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 and and yeah, I kind of destroyed the room for five minutes, and uh, 
Yeah. 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 So that was that was anyway. Anyway, like so. Well, well, well I was talking about um, Amazon Prime's adaptation of Constantine, and you were talking about a large escape of arse gas. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. So here's the thing. I really like this adaptation. And no, I know you've I know you've seen little bits and pieces and you struggle with it, but I really, really like it. I like it. Um, I liked the movie. Don't get me wrong. I love. I love. Like, the movie. You know, like. The movie. Uh, but you've always struggled. I really, yeah. I mean, like, I loved Tilda Swinton, Swinton as a bad angel. For me, that's pretty much a perfect evening out. She's she's amazing. Yeah, I I would she I would does. literally watch. Tilda Swinton eat cake for an hour and a half. Oh man, wait a minute! I, I, I need to Google yeah. it. What was the film she did a couple of years ago? Uh, what? Um, uh, Only Lovers Left Behind, the Jim Jarmusch one. Yes, oh, I love my that God. film. How did I not know about that, that film? film is amazing. Only sorry, this yeah. year. How did I not? Well, know you know, about I mean, how have we gone through it? as many episodes as we have of the podcast without mentioning Jim Jarmusch? Because uh, um, no, actually, I've got I've got a bit of a Jim Jarmusch link. Okay, well, yeah, of this one. But we'll just like anyway. But that, yeah, go on. But if you haven't seen that film, go and find that film. I'd never heard of it. Came across it by accident. Watched it and was completely blown away. Why didn't win? Why they didn't win Oscars and no, just like that film is way beyond. Just an amazing, amazing film. Only lovers left behind. Okay, so but okay, back to Constantine, which wasn't directed by Jim Mm -hmm. Jarmusch, but should have been. Uh, That That would have been amazing. But anyway, so see that's that's yeah right. So Tilda Swinton, like amazing. The guy who they cast to play the devil, who's like just an amazing French actor. Um, hold on, I'm going to have to uh, uh, do a little bit of uh, IMDB. <laughs> uh, spell it out. On yeah, the yeah, oh, yeah. No, I know, no, I know, no. Uh, let's see, where is it? Uh, oh yeah, Peter. I didn't know his name anyway. Uh, Peter Stormare or Peter Stormare. He's All a right. he's a French well, actor. He was in um, Chocolat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no no yeah. no. He's no, Swedish. He's not French. Um, but I mean, he was also like oh, he was in one of our favourite films of all time. So he was in The Big Lebowski. He was one yes, of the anarchists in The Big Lebowski. Give us the yes, money, Lebowski. Was. Give us the yeah. He like he is an amazing uh, actor. But he was. Now that's. That but he he plays the devil time. as a Frenchman, and it, like and it's just yes. uh, like one of the best performances of all time. But okay, so I love that, love that, love uh, Papa Lazaro, love the idea of the film. The film worked really well. That all of that, they got all of that right, and then they put Keanu Reeves in as Constantine. And see, I don't I don't mind it. As much I as really do. struggle though, with even that. Even though I, I read all the original comics and loved the series and everything. I, uh, I, do, I don't struggle with it that much, but you I, really do. I just really do. Well, look, Constantine, A, he's our age. He's like, he's an old yeah. punk rocker. He's blonde mm. and he's Liverpudlian. And Keanu Reeves is none of those things. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's just like not. But at the time when they made the film, he kind of, he was just in the zone. It, it was, he was, 
I can see why they cast him. Because he can do those kind of gritty... No, you know, no but it was kind of like, it was kind of like, mm, I'm going to fight the devil. Mm, excellent. <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. That's, that's I would have loved to, I'd love to see a version where... Well, a Bill and Ted. A Bill and Ted version of Constantine. But anyway, look, coming back to what we were originally talking about, which is the... He was cast in that film because of... Um, yeah, I oh, know, absolutely. I mean, you Obviously. can... Uh, they, had, no. they applied Holly, Hollywood logic. Yeah. Yeah. Now... And it did quite well at the box office. Because yeah, of that, no, and I'm really glad that it did because, I mean, Constantine, like, deserves kind of... Um, uh, deserves... To be seen by, to be seen yeah. by people who wouldn't know. Now, the TV it, series... Yeah. Um, what they did is they did actually cast in the UK. They cast Matt Ryan. But uh, that's my problem with no, the but you see, he shows. works for me. Uh, but I don't yeah, like him. Well, I know he's, he's a little... He's a, he's a bit he is too a little Welsh. bit Welsh. He's like, hello, hello, I'm Di the ex- Executioner. <laughs> no, he's my... not that bad. That's not fair. He does... He, like, he mocks it up quite nicely. Do you know, actually, he's a good actor. Uh, I thought he was like, he looks the part. He looks like John Constantine for a star. He does, yeah. I mean, they got all of that right. He's got the right kind of, like, that kind of haggard, uh, I've had a very hard paper round kind of look to him. Uh, And I thought, I mean, I really liked it as a series, and I was really pissed off that they're not going to do a second. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's it it is a pity, and it's just one of those things that deserved better. The only thing that I, I mean, obviously they've done it, made it predominantly for an American audience, so they've set in America. I would have preferred to have seen, and I've always wanted this from Constantine. I would like to have seen some of the classic London Constantine stories. Yeah, like you know, just the really kind of dark demons' blood kind of. It's it's that thing. It's like with every evolution of an adaptation. Yeah. It should get better yeah. and better, and and maybe this is a mid step, and something needs to pick yeah, up. Maybe. Like we were talking, we were talking about earlier about you know Batman, yeah. and it's like you know it, as it's evolved, kind of bat, the Batman world, DC world, or Batman yeah. universe has has been adapted yeah. better and better as it as it goes along. Bad in more in baddies. I mean, like the evolution of the Joker. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, what I mean, so it, 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 so there has to be many steps. So maybe Constantine, Constantine's still open for the. Yeah, for yeah. The I mean, I, I, I've got to say that of all of all the films that I'm likely to see this year, the one that I'm looking forward to most is probably Suicide Squad. Oh man. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I, I think we could we could do a whole show just talking about the trailer of Suicide Squad. I could talk for an hour just about the trailer of Suicide Squad. In fact, I sat in bed the other night trying to explain to my girlfriend all the things from the trailer <laughs> of Suicide Squad for at least an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why we do a podcast called New Voices of Science Fiction. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, Amazon. So, Constantine, I like, but, like, hasn't worked for whatever reason. They've done a spin-off from the uh, from the Hellblazer series, uh, like a character from that called Lucifer, that they've ju- which they're oh. running at the moment, which we both have problems with. Oh man, I, 
see, I don't see, I don't believe in podcasts. That, that no, no, and we're, we're not that kind of podcast. We're really not. And we're, and we're really not. not kind of I mean, I'm still kind of... watching it, by the way. I, I've watched all. I've watched the first three episodes now, and it is warming on me. But it's never. Yeah, it's see, I don't it's, it's never going to be top of the list, it's, you know. It's 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 weak. yeah it, uh, yeah it's got it, it it feels like it's been um, Hollywooded a little bit. Is that they've like they've just slapped it into some kind of police procedural thing? Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Angel. Yeah. The Buffy spell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I can see that. But putting those to one side, so let's say that Amazon Prime. <laughs> hasn't quite found their feet with kind of uh, comic book adaptations. Let's talk about stuff that they've done that's amazing. Right. Uh, for me, Mr. Robot. Yeah, uh, Mr. Robot I'm, I'm is probably like what it is. OK, the problem is, is I can't even if I give the description I want to give. Pro, do you know what? Actually, it is the description I'm going to give has got so many spoilers in it because it is so tightly modelled. Well, well, go and, go and Google it. Well, Let's no, no. I mean, like basically, do. you can do the what they say. The, the synopsis from the. Oh, IMDb okay then. Okay, so, uh, but I mean, it is getting a lot of press, Mister Robot. They are pushing it really hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen I've seen quite a lot of trailer stuff for it. Oh no, it really is. Good. I mean, it's like even better than. I mean, Christian Slater in it is amazing, and the main character Rami Malek, um, who I hadn't seen before, is uh, again is absolutely sort of fantastic. Right, what am I looking for? Storyline. Uh, Elliot Alderson, a young cybersecurity engineer living in New York, who assumes the role of a vigilante hacker by night. That comma, well, I wouldn't have put that comma in that sentence in that place still, never mind. <laughs> Just read it out. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot meets a mysterious anarchist known as Mr. Robot who recruits Elliot to uh, join his team of hackers, FS, oh no, F Society. Elliot, who has a social anxiety disorder and connects to people by hacking them, is intrigued but uncertain if he wants to be part of the group. Another rogue comma in the middle of that sentence. The show follows Mr. Robot's attempts to engage Elliot in his mission to destroy the corporation Elliot is paid to protect. Compelled by his personal beliefs, Elliot struggles to resist the chance to take down the multinational CEOs that are running and ruining the world. Who the hell put those commas in those sentences? That's a really random place to put a comma. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, but that's, that's quite a good synopsis of it. Um, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so look, let me, let me nutshell this is... Um, it's very Fight Club. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and there are spoilers. Just in me saying it's very Fight Club, it's got that feel to it. It uses the same kind of um, narration technique. The shooting style's very similar. There's a lot of kind of thematic, uh, like, uh, sort of things that run through it that eventually where you go, oh, yeah, da 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 It's very, very uh, Chuck Palachek. It's very Fight Club indeed, but it is magnificent regardless of that it doesn't suffer right, yeah. Yeah. from that comparison <clears throat> but I, the only problem was is because it's stylistically like fight club and it uses a lot of the same techniques as fight club i saw the payoff coming a lot faster than i should have done okay which is fair enough you know um but that's kind of okay i don't think that was spoiled it for anyone but like i mean watch it it's amazing i mean i just binged the whole thing i've watched it two or three times now love it to pieces can't wait for the second series. Um, just really, really good. 
And if they carry on commissioning stuff like that, I'm going to be really happy. Now, here's a question. Mm. Right, Mr. Robot, right, I would classify that as science fiction, right, because yeah. it's kind of yeah, like yeah. geek hacking culture and it sets yeah, up yeah. an alternative universe. Right, okay. Yep. Now, they've, they've got another series, which actually not that many people appear to have heard of, right, called Halt and Catch Fire, which I love as well. Well, yeah, this I've one's a historical geek series, and it's based on the early days of personal computing. And basically, this okay. rogue executive from IBM, who we later find out has had a massive nervous breakdown, and then goes turns up at this little company that make computers and persuades them that they should get into the cl IBM clone market. And he brings in this guy who's a real engineering nerd who's been hiding for the last few years in the company, pretending not to be as good as he is. And then this rogue uh -huh. hacker girl that he's plucked out of university because she's smarter than anyone else. And the three of them basically end up building what turns out to be like the first laptop, amongst other things. Okay. And then in the second series, she sets up like the first uh, uh, live online role playing, like gaming kind of company. And it's yeah. like really compelling drama, really well written. I, whether it's I would you wouldn't classify it as science fiction, but if you like, no, but it's, if you it's like geeky. science fiction, if you ever if you're of the geeky persuasion of science fiction, you'll love it, right? If you're a kind of okay. fantasy, oh hello, my my name is Azrael and I am a dwarf, kind of like science fiction, it might not be your thing. And I just realised that I've just yeah. alienated the other listener. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, you're good. So now, now we're just talking That's to fine. Each other. I'm good with that. <laughs> okay. So now that we're, now that we're well, now it's just between you and me. Now we can talk properly. Uh, like I love that. And the, the, but this is the same yeah. company who also do beaters as well, which is like the geek comedy thing. So it's like, well, this this is really interesting because not on the, not on the podcast, but personally, you spoke to me about this a couple of weeks ago and said, "Have you seen this?" And I said yes, but I actually oh, right haven't. Again. And I'll tell you why in a minute. You talk about beaters, and I'll tell you why I have seen it. But oh, right, I haven't okay. Well, seen look, the it. thing about beaters is it's like a Silicon Valley startup, but it's a comedy. I mean, like it, it's a yeah. and it's a proper funny comedy, and it's about like a group of geeks. It's like it's like what the Big Bang Theory would be if it was written by intelligent people. Yeah, I mean, you've got mm. a group of, like, socially awkward geeks who are trying to set up a company and who are struggling with that, and they have their own personal struggles and, like, technical struggles. Um, my favourite character is a guy in there who's, like, older than all the others. He's, like, 35, and he's, like, had trouble for hacking in the past and all this kind of thing. And I think probably his third or fourth line is when he's... T he's uh, they're talking about a girl that one of the other guy geeks like who's being chatted up by this real hipster photographer. And he, like, turns to the kid and he goes, like, um, he is, like, two Bjork references away from strumming her flying V. And I just thought, this is a comedy <laughs> for me. <laughs> you know? Well, I'll, t I'll tell you why I thought I'd okay. seen it. I hadn't. I I'd, I'd actually watched a, a completely different mm. series which is called Silicon okay. Valley. Never heard of it. Right, Silicon Valley is exactly the oh, same wow. story. Like, not even slightly the same story. It's the same character arcs, 
Um, it starts off where they're building. They're actually building a thing called Pipe Piper, which is uh, uh, they they designed an algorithm. No, this is the same thing. Um, but no, yeah. like I mean, betas is like they've. It's like a social networking algorithm. Yeah, well, there's a social networking algorithm, and in Silicon Valley, it's an algorithm for songwriters. And within the algorithm, they work out there's a compression, an amazing compression thing. But it starts off in exactly the same way, where they go to like this Silicon uh, Valley party. Because I know I went and watched five episodes of Beaters, and just sat there going, I've seen this story before, and then realised that there was two things, and one's called Silicon Valley. And one's called Beaters. Now, Silicon Valley, they've done about three or four. I think there's season three, season four. And Beaters, they've only done the ones. So, Beaters. And I've looked online. Like, is there a connection? See... Is it the same writer or something? I don't think it is. I don't know. I, and, like, I looked and there's loads of, like, kind of YouTube things. Silicon Valley's versus Beaters. Beaters is funnier. Yeah, but, um, Beaters is really, really funny. And Silicon Valley's a little bit, a little bit more of the drama of of like them. So that to get that their actually sounds more there. like Halt and Catch Fire, which is like more to kind of serious. No, 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 no. no they are, they are oh, exactly right, okay. the same. <laughs> it's nothing like it's, they are exactly the same. It's just there's a slightly different feel to Silicon right, so Valley than Beaters has like basically got more uh, sex jokes in. Kind of, not really. Except for in Silicon Valley, which I don't know if they have in Beaters. They haven't got a devil worshiper. One of the coders in Silicon Valley is is. Uh, is oh a no, they Satanist. haven't got that in Beaters. But then again, it's just the first series, so who knows where it's going to go? And um, yeah, but he's in. But the, but the character you're yeah. talking about is also in Silicon Valley, and he's the guy that owns the house. He's the incubator, yeah. they call it. So he and he owns ten percent of. Oh right, okay. Because because it was incubated within his. his he's got a house and he they call it an incubator. And yeah, that's yeah. Where they they started coding it. So he owns ten percent of the property, well, which is I mean, why he's tied it's into not, it. Not... It's, it's it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen two things that are so similar that you'd be expecting a massive copyright. It doesn't surprise me at all because, I mean, obviously, like like my background's in screenwriting and the one thing that I know is that ideas, like, arrive in batches. It's like... like, Yeah, but it's not even an idea. No, honestly, no, no, no. Uh, uh, About four four years ago... Yeah, about four or five years ago, I was pitching stuff in Los Angeles and... um, uh, I was pitching a sort of a, a, a Sherlock Holmes spin-off thing based on the the life of Mycroft um, and uh, a couple of other things. But I was actually approached during that time by a writer who wanted to co- co-write something based on the idea of um, uh, sperm banks, like producing loads and loads of siblings from the same source father. So that and all of those mm. children getting together and you know all being sort of like their stories being interlinked. Now at the time, like I heard through various sources, there were about ten different groups of people pitching variations of that idea all at the same time. Right, and it's just oh, okay. like sometimes yeah. like something just whatever, whatever like triggers off and people go oh that's a really interesting and you get a the glut and it's like a really common phenomenon it's one of the reasons that you can't um 
that you can't copyright an idea because you get these like idea like splodges where like you get a whole raft of people kind of coming up with pretty similar ideas at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably one of those. I doubt very much whether it's a kind of like thieving. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm too lazy to do the research yeah. into it. I think they're linked okay. in some way. Okay, they've well, I mean, be. if anybody knows what got that link is, I mean, like, it'd be really... But it was it it, it flipped me out because you said oh check this thing beaters and I went I've already seen it it's funny uh, and then I looked and went oh no I haven't seen it I've seen something that is exactly the same. Well, <laughs> weird. So yeah, Very anyway, weird. so they've done all of those and then like the fi- well, there's two more sci-fi things. One commissioned by Amazon and then I'll br- bring it on to the next one, which is the other thing I wanted to talk about. But the other thing they've done is they've done an adaptation of Philip K. Dick's The Man in the High Castle. And the man in the high oh, right. castle that is sounds... basically the idea is that we're in an alternative universe where the Nazis and the Japanese won, and they've pretty much split mm. the United States into three sections, like uh, the mm-hmm. West Coast being Japanese-held territory, the right coast being German-held territory. And then in the centre, you've kind of got like the Badlands where, you know, it's like independent, but like really fucked up. Man, that made the East versus West rap battle. Yeah, very yeah, different. absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, and, and the idea is that there is an uneasy peace between Germany and Japan. Yeah, but woven mm-hmm. into that is this idea that there's a whole load of newsreels that have like leaked through from our reality, showing the fact that in fact Germany and Japan lost a war and what. Uh, how a brilliant America, America would have been without, if the, you know, if it was us instead of the way that it turned out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the um, the series is really about the resistance who are trying to smuggle these films to the man in the high castle, who we don't meet in the first series. Um, and it's like really, really classy science fiction. I mean, it's Philip K. Dick, so you can do no wrong with Philip K. Dick. There's like most of the really good adaptations have been kind of Philip K. Dick adaptations. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, that's one. I just just go and watch that one. I mean, not alone. Yeah, no, that it is incredible. really good. It's that, really that well made, great. and it's just—it's just like so. You know what it is? Is like Amazon are really hitting the bases on sci-fi. Their comic book adaptations probably need a little bit of work, um, but that does. Br- but like you were saying, like you were saying, it's like, it seems like Amazon has picked up um, like the DC. It does look a little side, bit like there's um, a, a Marvel DC split between Amazon Prime and Netflix at the moment because, like, Amazon Prime have picked yeah. up two uh, DC titles. Netflix have picked up, uh, well, two that they've made and two more that are in pre-production. So that's an yeah. interesting split if that's the way that it's going. Um, but that brings me on to actually not... It's, it's available on Amazon Prime, but it's uh, produced by AMC, and that's Into the Badlands. Because, you know, we were talking... We started off by talking about bad adaptations of comic books. Yeah. Into the Badlands is a really weird exception to this in the sense that um, it's a TV show that was written for TV... Right. And it's basically Mm -hmm. it's a post-apocalyptic thing where basically um, you've got like these seven barons who control different parts of this part of America. And this is surrounded by this kind of like massive desert, basically. But they've got like the farming land and they, they, you know, they've got various commodities that they take control of. 
and the it's a, it's almost gone medieval. So you've got like uh, peasant labor called cogs, and then you've got their uh, mm -hmm. their armies, which are called clippers, <clears throat> which are basically like sort of samurais. And yep. then you've got the barons, these seven barons, who are constantly like you know juggling for power in this kind of post-apocalyptic world, and it's a really odd mix because you've got like these kind of um, colonial deep south kind of like mansion kind of places, you know the kind of places you know that you you've got that, and then you've got like these guys. Oh, there are no guns, so it's all all has to be bladed weapon, hand weapons, hand weapons, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's it's basically like a kung fu thing, um, and it's got a, a very kind of well. There's a kind of I'll make a connection with a kind of comic I used to collect in it a little while ago. It's definitely got that kind of kung fu wu wushu kind of like sort of feel to it. This is a kung fu based thing, but a like a kung fu western yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, based in this post, but then he's got this kind of steampunk motorcycle made out of brass, and it's a really weird mixture. The main character has got so anyway, it's got this, and it's got like some. It's got a kid who's got dark magical kung fu powers, which are kind of only come come about when he gets cut. So it's got lo It's got loads mm -hmm. of interesting sort of elements in it, but the only thing is, is it doesn't quite work for some reason and i think it goes back to was it you and i we were having that conversation about jackie chan talking about fight sequences was it not no. um was it not it i was talking really, no. to somebody and basically jackie chan once said in an interview that like basically americans don't know how to shoot fight sequences because what they do is they're constantly moving in for all these cuts and he tends to leave cameras out on wides so that the action takes place in... So it's like more like a theatrical performance. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way in which these kind of fights are edited just doesn't kind of quite work for me. And I know that's really technical, but it's like it, it took me a little while to get into it, the series. Now, the thing is, is I like it, and I think people should give it a watch because it is it's definitely worth supporting. But here's the odd thing, the odd thing about it. They also do, as a spin-off of the TV series, right, a digital comic. All right, and yeah. The thing about it is, is the digital comic is amazingly good. Yeah, I had a look, I had a, I had a look at the digital comic, actually, when, you know, uh, preparation for the show, because I don't have... Yeah, yeah, so Prime. you haven't seen the site. Well, look, tell me, um, what, tell me what you thought I about the comic. I haven't, I haven't seen... I'd see, I, I, like, I really like the, uh, the digital comic... But I also struggle because I don't like digital comics, which is probably a, another well, conversation. That, yeah, yeah, that completely. is a, well, yeah, it is because I mean I I know what you mean. I mean, for instance, like I've got a 2008 digital comic account that I never use because I, I find it. Yeah, real, exactly. If I want to read 2008, I want to read it in a real a comic book. Uh, the funny thing is, is just recently I, I have actually started to discover digital comics that I do like. But they're genuine. They genuinely tend to be ones where they were designed to be digital comics, as opposed to comics that have been digitized. And I think there's a difference yes. there. Um, I think there's. I think there's a different way of presenting um, digital comics than just presenting page after page. And actually, I mean, I think that'll lead on to the next thing that I want to talk about because we're coming up to about the hour mark here. So we've like talked quite a long time on that. Uh, I'd like oh to talk God. about um, okay. Stand Still and Stay Silent, the webcomic. 
Yeah. Uh, so anyway, just to flip back though, uh, AMC Into the Badlands, go and actually, we'll link out to the digital comic, go and have a look at that, do watch the series because it is worth watching, I'd like to hear your opinions on that because actually I'm still, I'm, I, I don't know, I'm, I'd like to see how it develops, it, it's kind of, I'm engaged but it's not, it's not, it's not, I'm not loving it but I'm not hating it, do you know what I mean? Um, okay, yeah. so... Uh, Stand Still, Stay Silent by Mina Sundberg, who's a Finnish-Swedish woman. Um, I think she's quite a young woman as well. I tried to stalk her on Facebook. How can she, is she Finnish or is she like she half is that, Finnish, yeah. half I think Swedish? She's, got, uh, she's of mixed parentage. Oh, right. It's just that like, I didn't know whether that was you. No, no, no. That's sure what, no, what it, you know. She's she's some, some kind, kind of, of you know um, Nordic. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got that Nordic. from a website. Okay, right. So oh, right, okay. Uh, stand still, stay silent. It, again, well, we're staying on the post-apocalyptic thing, but this is a web comic done by Mina Sundberg. She's been doing it for quite a long time now, and she puts out like one page a week, doesn't she? Right. Yeah. I, it's a nice. I think it's a really nice way of like, even though we just said. I don't like yeah, digital yeah. comics. I'm gonna completely go back on what I just said. Kind of, this this is displayed in or it's presented in a in a. So the idea is way. that some kind of virus has taken place, and Iceland has been cut off from the rest of the world, and it's the only place that isn't infected. And eventually, the story gets to the point where they send out an exhibition to uh, expedition in order to kind of like find the uh find out what's going on in the rest of the world now okay yeah. i just think everybody should read this and the reason i think that everybody should read this is because this woman just draws phenomenally and inks phenomenally and I, like for me i know this is like i should be talking about the story and stuff like that i don't really want to talk about the story that much because people can get into that in their own way because it's quite slow paced the story but for me, yeah. when she draws the sea or whether she, when she draws, like, the environment, I've never seen drawings like this. It, they're just, just delightful, just gorgeous. She's got a, she's got a really it's nice style. It's just a beautiful, 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 beautiful style. And she should be mega famous. But the other thing we really like about it is at the end of each page, like, people talk about the comics. And... Yeah, because it's a weekly, because it's a weekly thing. Yeah, you yeah. get a page a week, and it's just um, a, it just seems like a yeah. really nice community. There's like nobody on there, and hopefully we haven't changed this by like telling people about this by opening the troll floodgates. But I mean, like basically, there's just all these people going on. Oh, it's really lovely. Oh, I really love this thing. This thing's really fab. Oh, aren't you fabulous? Just like loads of like l like comic yeah. book love going on to this thing but i would just like to see it more popular because it is a good it's it's just like one of these little finds you find it on the internet and you go god like i wonder how many people know about this she's also got a facebook group as well which we'll link out to as well um once you figure out the navigation through the site you, you know you just go through the archives and just go like one page at a time and it like you rip through it fairly quickly but it's like it's just beautiful and it's just well, there's plenty there now as well because, like, you're coming in. Yeah, yeah, quite we late are coming in very late to the game. It's like it's it's a hundred and seven, uh, four hundred and seventy pages of this of this um, yeah, yeah. comic already. And it's 
So, I mean, there's, there's plenty but of the thing content is, like, there. The site's beautifully designed. The whole thing just sits really nicely. It's pleasant to read. Like, I mean, I've been reading it on my laptop, and it's just like... It, do you know, it's that thing you were saying about not... I don't like comics on, on yeah. the tablets and stuff. It's like uh, I had Marvel app, and it's just... Oh, is that one of those ones where it zooms this, into this, each panel the, as you move through, as opposed to just showing you the page? I've, I've tried... I've, I've tried different ways. I like yeah, to see here. a whole page because part of the way the panels are laid out um, is part of the dynamics of yeah. how the story moves for me. Um, when, you know, obviously when you want to do yeah. action and you want, you want to be able to, you want the reader to read through panels yeah. really quickly, they generally stack them on top of each other because there's not a lot of dialogue going yeah. on and you actually, the, you flick through those pages a lot quicker then when you want people to think about the story, you you move, you put the panels in in different configurations to to cause the reader to slow down. Yeah, as yeah. Part of the art uh, of, and, of graphic and novels think, and comics. I just think that this is like I don't know. I don't want to say too much more about. it. I just want people to kind of immerse themselves in it. Like I, you know, raise this uh, sort of girl up as a comic book god. I want her to just be because actually, and actually, I think we're going to have to do a, a. We won't be able to get it into this episode, but there's actually like a whole kind of load of conversations. I don't know. Maybe we do do it this one about like the rise of like. Yeah. I was reading an article uh, just the other day in preparation for this about the the way in which. Uh, particular women comic book writers and illustrators are going directly to web comics because this kind of the kind of art that they want to do and the kind of stories that they want to tell aren't easy to place in what they consider like a male-dominated comic book world. As a result of that, you get more high-quality web uh, comics by women online. Than you do, right. say, for instance, like uh, male comics. Now, if people want to put us in touch with fantastic male-written web comics, but definitely do that and definitely hook us up with stuff like that. But I mean, I've been reading a lot of stuff recently about that, and I, we will hunt out some more of these kind of um, sort of up-and-coming sort of women web comics. And I think that actually links into something you were going to talk about as well. Well, yeah, I, as I mentioned in, the, in a couple of podcasts ago, that I've, I've been trying to get my partner into um comics we had a massive dis- discussion um earlier this week about how she found that uh comics were quite uh, male orientated uh, mis- misogynistic um and i got really angry <laughs> <laughs> he started defending comics and it, and i was trying to and the thing i was trying to get across is there are as many types of comic out there as there are people to read them. Now, I, you know, it's, it's like saying, lit, it was like saying to me, oh, you know, literature's misogynistic. It's like, no, it's not. It's like what people perceive as comic books. And, and she was saying, it was more about her perception of comic books, is the, the superhero... Um, female in a scantily leotard basically with with huge jugs and i said but that's not all comics now and i said look go online and find there's there's loads of amazing female comic book writers and artists who are doing amazing stuff and she came across which i thought was really interesting uh there's a thing happening Uh, let's see i need to get on it now 
at the House of Illustration in London, and it's uh, comics uh, creatrix, a hundred women okay, making comics. So, so it's an ex exhibition of the UK's largest ever exhibition, uh, the work of pioneering female comic book artists. And it looks really good. There's a hundred artists involved in it. Um, and it it's at the... I just said where it is. Right, okay, House well, we can link out London. to that. We can, find, we can find the link to that and we'll link out to it. But, and, and I think having this uh, conversation, I think she realised that, oh, actually, no, there, there's a lot of um, female comic book writers out there. And there's a lot of, you know, diverse But I, mean, I think... I mean, I've been reading. There's a there's a company called Emmet Comics, um, who uh, do I think they do almost all sort of female driven content uh, in the sort of comic books. They've they've got quite an interesting article about women and web comics, a quick history, which is where I got a lot of the stuff about sort of since two thousand and one this kind of drive of women to do kind of. Um, web comics in order to kind of find their own place and sort of voice and my guess is that there'll probably be some crossover between some of the people that they mention in that uh and that but that's a we'll link out to that article as well because that's really interesting and they look like an interesting company okay well that's all kind of interesting yeah. stuff now i think at like we're at one minute ten i think we can only do one more thing i know and we've got about like three things on oh. the list and i think we should do LARPs because i think that ties in with what we're just talking about Okay, yeah. Uh, this, uh, yeah, this you found is this. And that what, I found. what a brilliant um, find this is. And I, and I found, uh, it's and a I web series, it isn't week, it? Literally. It's a web series. Um, basically, I spent, because we, we do record like six um, episodes of this webcast um, over, a, over a couple of weeks, two, three because weeks. Because then we need the time in um, between that to actually go away and watch stuff and research and find, yeah, yeah edit and promote and all that kind of stuff so i've had a, a mass watching of stuff with subtitles from <laughs> last, last last week uh, the last podcast that we did um and i was looking for something that was kind of um just kind of light and airy and you didn't really have to think about it too much um and did a search for um web series and came across one called larps now, uh, LARP stands for live action role playing, um, for any of you who didn't know. And it's a comical, it's two seasons now, and it starts off uh, around five characters that weekly do live role playing, and they're obsessed the with it. Now, in my, twen in my 20s, I will admit that I dabbled in the dark arts of role play, and I used to, I used to do weekly. Um, Dungeons and Dragons and Shadowrun and loved it. When I did it, I loved it. And if you've ever done any kind of gaming at all, if you haven't watched it, but if you have watched it because there's so much stuff in it that you'll recognize from gaming, which is, is well, I mean, absolutely I, you know, I mean, I, hilarious. You introduced me to this and I obviously kind of did a quick sort of catch up on it. I mean, funny enough, I've got a live action role playing story. Now I've never done live action role playing, but when I, I when I first started off, um, sort of after I've left university, looking for different things I could do, one of the things I had to go at was photojournalism, and uh, I had a friend yeah. who was into live action role play, and this is like way back, 
this is like very like this is oh, right, like way okay, way back. Okay. This is kind of like yeah, fifteen eighty. See, I never, I never did the dressing up bit. I, I did a sit in a room. No, no, this is about twenty years ago. Bit. And what it is is but, they would all go out into the woods yeah. dressed as elves and things. But it was like I went out sort of like photographing it. But basically. I mean, it was like guys running around the woods and they had these kind of like rubber swords. And when they were like fighting, rather than fighting, like trying to do proper sort of, it's about the number of hits you could get. So you'd have like two people dressed up as goblins going, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> Just like, like whacking each other with these sticks. Really, really. Yeah, like, yeah, like oh, no, it was like, 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 so it was kind of like, yeah, I spent a whole day following <laughs> these guys around and they had a lovely day out. They really, really did. And I'd forgotten about it until I saw this. And it just took me right back to that. And I mean, the, the, I mean for me, the opening sequence where, like, you know, like the, the characters meet up in the wood and you kind of twig that it, this is live-action role-play because they try and sell it like it's like an action-adventure thing um, to start off with. But just that bit where the archer comes up and he goes, like, uh, where he goes, uh, and then I shoot Noctus in the dick. <laughs> and then he shoots him in the dick there's it's, there's there's one character because like he's mates with he's goes because he's mates with another character no it's his brother he's really into it and he's quite and it's he's his quite younger sarcastic. brother it's you and it's me only if we were into role playing yeah and he kind of just goes along and he doesn't take it but i mean seriously. what it is is like really well observed it's but it's also really respectful it's like it's not kind of it's not like taking the piss out of them it, it it's like it you know it's, it's like not rooted in you know larp kind of culture and 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 they are yeah, like lovely definitely. human beings but they are very it is very 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 funny if if you've ever done you, like I said if you've done ever done any gaming you will recognize and this is a every real internet in gem it. because you won't find this on this isn't going to be commissioned for TV or if it was it would be brilliant if it was but it just isn't going to happen this is a proper proper no. web series but it's been shot really well it's like it's not you know some web series feel like they're kind of like half-assed and not kind of done properly this is done really really well and actually and as and as it's gone on it's got bigger and better because like season one it starts yeah, with yeah. this little five minute um kind of shorts getting to season two and there's kind of a lot more story to tell and they go to 15 oh, nice. minute you know 12 minute 15 minute episodes and the final episode of season two wow, is like a okay. half hour episode. so that's really developing then guys i've seen it all the way through and it, it gets better now, and better and better like there's there's one key thing that changes and it now, just makes it just makes so the here's, whole an, here's thing the interesting changes. thing about yours and mine dynamic because you know like we always say at the top of the show is like we like, like to pay top trumps with each other what I've noticed there's a pattern here yeah is like one of us will recommend something right and the other person goes away and watches mm. it and then does a shitload of homework on it so they can come back with something that the other person didn't <laughs> Right. So this is this is you going. I've watched your thing that you found this week. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but you've done that to me several times in this show and previous shows. Like, I mean, I've just noticed this pattern. I only twigged on it today that that was what was going on. So obviously, because you found this really brilliant thing, that pissed me off. So I had to go and find out something interesting about it. (laughs) 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 And what I found. uh, Okay, so uh, this um, this uh, LARPs is produced by Geek and Sundry. Um, and Geek yep. and Sundry um, is all connected back to a woman called Felicia Day. Yeah. 
And Felicia Day, right. hold on, I just need to kind of like, I'm going to have to put her into Google because she's dead interesting. Um, Felicia Day, she's kind of, she's an actress uh, who's like been in, mm-hmm. uh, in like loads of, like odd parts in kind of TV series. Like, you know, um, she looks like, um, there we go, Felicia Day. Um, da, 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 uh, Felicia Day. There we go. Uh, let's see. There's her official website. Actually, I'm just going to go on to IMDb. Um, but she's also uh, written a book as well called... Um, I think it's called You're Never That Weird on the Internet. I don't know, just something like that. Let's like click out on yeah. Amazon as well. But she is like Queen of the Geeks. Um Right, yeah. And she's got, like, she's got a few, like, she's got quite a lot of web series. Yeah, you're never weird on the internet, open brackets, almost close brackets. And um, Mm. I went onto Amazon when I was prepping for the show, and they've got a sample of the audiobook version of it, which I think is read by her. And she tells this really sweet story about, like, when she realised that she was becoming famous for being a geek where she like gone into one of one of those build a bear places right so she's like yeah. in her 30s and she decided that she was going to build herself a bear so it took her an hour to build up courage to do that because everyone else in there was like building them for their kids right so she's in the middle of like yeah. building this santa claus and then these like three giggling girls come over and go oh you're felicia day and they want to have selfies with her and that and they it's like they know her from her web series stuff and she's got her own kind of uh, web yeah. series stuff on. I mean, like what she got here. Um, she does one called uh, Co-Optitude. And uh, LARP, she's an executive producer for. And there's a thing called uh, Tabletop. Um, and then she's done a whole load of other stuff as well, including um, something that she did. She did something with Will Wheaton as well. She was involved in one of Will Wheaton's projects. And Will Wilson was obviously right, like, okay. you know, the, the kid from, um, well, yeah, I know he's not a kid the now, kids. but like he was, he was the kid character in um, <laughs> Star Trek Next Generation, but he's gone Star on, Trek, he's sort yeah. of like big part of geek culture as well. And very big on the gaming culture. He She's is. very big on her gaming culture as well. And that her whole company mm. like produces these like really, really interesting like vlogs and um, podcasts and um, and LARPs is one of their part of their stable, yeah. And I just think she's yeah. dead interesting. Well, I mean, LARPs is amazing, but like what these guys are doing, they're actually like taking the idea that you can produce web series and doing it like seriously and doing interesting stuff and doing interesting niche stuff. And okay, they are doing like a lot of gaming stuff, which is not really part of my thing because I've never been part of the gaming culture. I mean, like, you know. I own like a Wii. That's that, you know, that tells you, <laughs> you know, and do you know what I use it for? I use it for watching Netflix know, and Amazon Prime. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like I've got, the, I've right, got a gaming yeah, console and the only thing I use it for is like watching Netflix and Amazon Prime. I, I've played monkey tennis on, on it a few times, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> monkey tennis. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, I think it probably was an Alan Partridge reference. It was monkey but okay, like LARPs, like amazing, uh. amazing show. 
really funny. And like when I started watching it, I was just watch. Uh, I wanted to watch something that I didn't have to think about and it was going to be a bit silly. And then I kind of got sucked into the whole story. And um, you know, I, I box set it. I watched the whole both seasons like in a day. Um, and it was lovely. It is. It was. It was a really good payoff at the end. And uh, I hope they. Well, they're set up for season three. But I mean, I'm looking. And I I'm hope looking they at, do season three because it's. I'm looking really, at Geek and Sundry. Really entertaining. And they, they've got like a whole load of shows that they do, and then they've got a whole load of gaming stuff, which is obviously mm-hmm. linked to Twitch, which you introduced me to, and forums, and then a shop, obviously. But I mean, it's like full of geeky stuff, you know. Um, no, it is. I mean, that's cool. I'll have to have a look at that because I, I, yeah, I did, I did notice that every episode had adverts to like their vlogging stuff, and I didn't look at any of it. I just, I was like, I no, mean, I'm it's like it is mainly kind of gaming culture, which is like great. But old hunt, but they've got kind of things like celebrate love by crying along with these five great romantic sci-fi films. So I mean, even if I, I shouldn't, we shouldn't really mm. be talking about this because this will actually probably become one of our sources of information for the show. <laughs> Well, did you happen to know that? Uh, but, you know, like, yeah, Felicia Day, you're amazing. Um, I watched um, one episode of her vlog called Flog, which is like where she kind of recommends a QI podcast and then takes two children to a petting zoo. Yeah, I mean, you just don't get any better awesome. than that. But like proper, like it's like a nice place for geeks to be, I think. Yeah, okay, so actually, uh, that'd be a good place to wind it up. So this week's been, yeah, so like, I mean, a lot like, of it has been us week. talking about um, what's happening with Amazon and uh, Netflix as in new commissioners in the sci-fi world. And they are commissioning great stuff. And, I, you know, obviously some of the stuff that we've talked about in other shows, like, you know, the uh, the Wicked and the Divine and stuff like that, could end up coming to either Amazon Prime or Netflix as adaptations if they go that route. I think there'll be a lot of independent comic book producers looking at them. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the next move for me, I think. He's all right. Everyone, you know, they've got Marvel right. So, so, um, so they're delving into the Marvel and DC, like back catalog pot of fun. And it's like they're going to get there to the point a where, like, where really we go great... next and they're going to have to start start looking yeah. at... I mean, what uh, we're saying is that there's stuff, a lot of know? good science fiction television out there at the moment and a lot of it is on Amazon Prime and Netflix. You know, there is other good stuff elsewhere. Yeah. Which includes things we've spoken about. Uh, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. Daredevil. Sense8. Sense Black Mirror. Yeah, Shadow yeah, Hunters. Uh, Constantine, Lucifer, uh, maybe. Mr. Robot, Hot and Catch Fire, Man in the High Castle. Beaters, if you want a bit of comedy. Yeah, Beaters and Silicon Valley, which still confuses yeah, yeah. And me. Then into like, how into the Badlands, which is the, like, the... Oh, didn't mention... Do you know what it is? Just so I can quickly throw in at the end. You know, Into the Badlands, when we were talking about, really reminded mm-hmm. me of some comics I used to collect in the 1990s called Jademan Comics, which were Hong Kong... Kung Fu comics, right? Translated into English. There was only a very short period when you could buy them in this country. But they were like sort of Chinese magical martial arts comics. Really reminded me of Into the Badlands. I just thought I'd throw that in just to show you how geeky I am. Um, Cool. And then then we spoke uh, about about, um, Stand Still as Say Which is an amazing Finnish-Swedish girl comic, web comic, which we loved. And then we talked about LARPs. 
and Felicia yeah. Day, who's amazing. Felicia Day. Yeah, that's a pretty mm. good episode. I'm pretty happy with that. So I think maybe we should call that a day. Okay. Well, say, say, say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Well, thanks for listening to this show. And now uh, just a quick chat about how you can communicate with us. So this show works best if um, if we hear from you, if you've got any great stuff that you want us to hear about or any comments about the show or you just want to chat with us about what you've heard, get in touch. And I'm going to give you a couple of ways in which we can do that. The first thing is um, we're distributed by Acast, who are just a wonderful d- distribution company. And um, if you download their app for your phone, you get all of the links and other rich sort of content that we can add in directly onto your phone as you're listening. So like links out to other stuff and it's all really, really good. And we highly recommend that people use the ACAST app for listening to us. But I mean, if you want to use iTunes instead, that's good for us too. Um, if you want to uh, find links to ever, anything that we've discussed in this show, then there are a few ways we can do that. Uh, one of which is we've got a Facebook page called NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. You should be able to get that by searching uh, for NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. Uh, we are also on Twitter. Uh, we are at NVSF Pod. Um, so uh, hit us up, join us on Twitter, join us on Facebook. And um, finally, if you just want the information and not an answer big on the social side, uh, I've also got a Pinterest page with all of the links for stuff that shows up in the show. Um, the best way to find that is to do a search for me. Uh, my name is Clive Frayne, spelled F-R-A-Y-N-E. And one of my uh, boards is called uh, NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. And just follow that board and then you will get anything, any new links that we find that we add in, you'll find there. So do it. Stay in touch, communicate with us, make the show richer and better by joining this little community. And uh, look forward to speaking to you soon.